Good morning. It's an honor to be at Mulberry Street this morning and to be able to share the gospel with you. I'm Derek McAleer, and I appreciate the chance to be with you one more time. Today we're going to be reading out of the Gospel of St. John, and I invite you, if you're watching, to listen carefully to what the Word of the Lord says. In the eighth chapter of John, hear the word of Jesus. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then in the ninth chapter of John, the fifth verse, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. My brothers and my sisters, this is the word of God for the children of God. Thanks be to God. So I don't really remember when light became an issue for me. I mean, when I was young, I could see, and light was not a problem. If we had a lot of light, that was fine. Go out in the sunshine, play with no sunglasses. We never had sunglasses when I was a kid. It was not an issue. Go out in the night, in the moon, I could see clearly. Get up in the middle of the night, I didn't need lights. I could see fine. And then stuff just happened. I'm getting dressed in the morning now. I reach in the drawer. Now, I'm one of those people who's compulsive, so my socks are separated by color and all, but still, they don't always get put in the drawer, right? I pull out, is this navy or is this black? I turn on the light, is this navy or black? I can't tell. I have to go to the window to be able to see if this is navy or black. When did this happen? I now have night lights all over the house. My toes went in revolt until I did. I even got those little outlet fixtures to have the little lights on the bottom that show down. I get no money for this promo, but they are way cool and you should have some in your house. They're great. Listen, I now understand why the Blues Brothers wore their sunglasses at night. It's the glare. I can drive at night, but the glare, oh my gosh. And 100-watt bulbs, there's not a 100-watt bulb in my house anymore. Oh, my gosh. I don't know when. It's like, it's like an admission that you have entered geezerhood when light becomes an issue for you. And I'm there. You know what I mean? So when I hear Jesus say, I am the light of the world, my mind goes places it did not used to go. I just think of things I never thought of before. So I think of light differently, so I think of this differently. Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and I think of SAD, seasonal affective disorder. You know, there are people who get physically ill when they don't get enough natural sunlight, and it's a problem for them. I remember when my daughter came home from the hospital, she still had a little problem with jaundice, needed the, the bilirubin stuff. We had to put her under the, in, in the sun in the window a couple hours every day so that it could heal her. She needed that light. Artificial light doesn't do for us what natural light does. What happens to us if we are not in the light of Jesus. I hear Jesus say, I am the light of the world, and I think of sunshine, the great disinfectant. Works on your laundry, works on your politicians. It's just the sunshine of day cleans up all kind of things. What would the light of the world clean up in your life? I hear Jesus say, I am the light of the world, and I think of how difficult it is now for me just to go and buy a light bulb. 
Used to be, I went to the store, I grabbed a packet off the shelf, the big decision I had to make was 60 watt or 75 watt. But now, I don't know if I want a halogen bulb or a CFL bulb or an LED bulb. I don't know if I want a cool white bulb. I don't know if I want a warm bulb or a daylight bulb. I never knew I had to learn what Kelvin temperature was to be able to buy a light bulb. I now have to go to Lowe's and take the old light bulb with me and stand there in the aisle just overwhelmed by all these lights. I didn't want a PhD in illumination. I just wanted a light bulb. Have you ever felt overwhelmed at the thought of Jesus' light shining everywhere in your life? When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, my mind just goes places. Maybe it's a sign. Dementia is always closer than we think, but my mind just goes places. Where does your mind go? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And you notice he says, I am the, not I am a, but I am the light, as in the only light, as in there is no other light. This is not you light up my life as it, oh, you make me feel good and things are just sunny when you're around. Jesus doesn't need to get up on a big stage to say, I'm a nice guy and I make people feel good. This is not even Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. We like that verse because it's clear. It's about us and tells us what we're supposed to do. This is not about us at all. Jesus says, I and the light of the world. And when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, what he means is, without me, it is dark. There is no light. If he said, I am a light of the world, even if he said, I'm the best light of the world, it would indicate there's other lights, but he just says, I am the. Without me, it's dark. Let me give you a little context here. I know many of you have been to Israel and you're familiar with how the temple sits up on a hill. Israel has its own version of Coleman Hill. And think of a time when there's not all of these multi-story buildings and how anybody in town can look up and see the top of that hill. Well, the temple sets up on the top of the hill. And this is during the Feast of Tabernacles when they're celebrating the deliverance of Israel. Part of what they would do would be light big candelabra. If you've been to Williamsburg, you maybe have seen the outdoor lights at night, the street lights. What they are is baskets in which they put logs and build a little fire. Before there's any electricity, that's how they had outdoor lights. They would fill up these huge candelabra where you could sit most anywhere in the city and look up and see the lights. It was to remind them that the the, the Lord Almighty led them out of Egypt as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. It reminded them of their deliverance of their salvation. So when Jesus is standing there by these candelabra and he says, I am the light, in the South Georgia language, this would be bodacious. This is somewhat bold. When you are standing next to the memorial of God's light, and you say, I, hmm. But he's also bold when he says, I am the light of the world. Not the light of the Jews. Not the light of Israel. Not the light of the nation. 
It's what God said back in Isaiah, back in Isaiah 40. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the peoples, a light to the nations. This is during the exile when God says to them, I gave you to be a light to the nations. Again in Isaiah 49, the Lord says, It's too little a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob, restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation will reach to the end of the earth. Get this, not just a light to the tribes of Jacob, though they are included. Not just a light to the people of Israel, the survivors, though they are included, but a light to the nations, that salvation will reach to the whole earth. Back in the Old Testament, in exile times, God is saying to Israel, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. I never intended for salvation to be for the Jews as in for them only. I intended for salvation to be from the Jews and for the world. Mount Zion was to be a hill to which all the nations came in prayer, as Jesus reminds them. Israel did not get it. They decided God loves us and not them. Which is why Jesus weeps over the city and prophesies its destruction and announces so clearly that he has come for the world. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks in me shall never walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Israelites follow that pillar of cloud by day and that pillar of fire by night. And Jesus says, we are to follow him in that same way. If I follow the light, I am not walking in darkness. Now, being in the light isn't always comfortable. I know, I know. I have sat in the bedroom half asleep and somebody comes in and flips on the light and my eyes hurt. And when the light is bright, those of you who have been here in this sanctuary, you know that now they have lights that come on that are designed to make sure that the person speaking from this place can't see anything because it's bright. It shines on everything. You may have pulled out the couch and let the light shine behind the couch and under the couch and seen things that you just wouldn't see. There may be times when the light has shone in your life and it showed things you wish it didn't show. The light can be uncomfortable when it shines on us. I know walking in the light means things get exposed. Truth comes out. We see things as they really are. But there is no choice. I don't get to choose between how much light. Well, I'll take 75 watts today, please. 75 watts of Jesus' light in my life. That's not an option. I know, I know we want to be sort of in the light. We want to skirt the edge of the forest where the shadow is, where we can sort of go easily in and out. Sometimes we might act with a little bit of darkness, but that's not who we really are. I know, but Jesus doesn't know about gray and shadow and dusk. 
He knows about two things, light and dark. And he proclaims one over the other. Paul later on, Paul's going to say it in Ephesians, once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Earlier in John, we heard, in him was light and that life was the life of men and that light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never overcome it. Later on, when he goes to describe what it will be like in eternity, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that to be. You know what he says? And there will be no more night. They will need no light or sun or lamp. For the Lord God will be their light. Not just the light of the world then, but the light of the universe. Of all there is. If there is any light in Hades, it will be a reflection of his light. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Not, we'll play in the shadow some and be better later. Not, well, a little bit of darkness won't hurt you any. That's not it. If you don't walk in the light, then you walk in the dark. If we avoid the light now, well, we all hope we get a chance to get in the light later, but who knows? But get this. Get the way this is said. It begins, I am the light of the world. And we hear that as the important part, but that may not be the important part. That's the invitation. That's the declaration of reality. Here's what the truth is. The truth is, I am the light of the world. But let me invite you to walk in this light. Let me invite you to follow this light because when you do, you will have the light of life. Because when you leave the darkness and you come to the light, things grow, things bloom, things brighten up. Even the world, when we move out of the darkness of long days and into long nights and into the shorter nights and the longer days and there's more light, even when the world just gets a few more hours of sunlight, it blooms, it blossoms, it brightens up. What will happen in your life when you move out of the dark places and into the light? What will happen in your church when the light begins to shine in every dark spot? What will happen in your business when you begin to think about shining the light of Christ on every transaction, on every contract, on every interaction with customers? Here's what will happen. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you're feeling like you don't have much of a life, you may not have enough light. It may be that seasonal affective disorder is a physical example of a spiritual malady. When we don't live in the light of Christ, something in us dies, something in us withers, something in us shrinks. But when the light of Christ shines in us, we grow. We bloom, we prosper. 
Friends, do you want to walk in the light? Would you like the opportunity to leave the darkness, to say goodbye to the deeds of evil? Oh, it might hurt a little bit. I would cut myself or injure myself when I would go to the doctor and the first thing they would do would be poke it. And it would always hurt. And the doctor or my mother would say, be still. Because they knew that the poking was just for a while, but the getting better would last. When the light shines in your life, the life, the life that comes will last, friends. And you will last. Hear the invitation of Christ. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let that light shine in you. Would you pray with me? Lord our God, you say to us that life is an option. It's something that we can have. It is a gift that you offer And it comes when we leave the darkness and move to the light. Lord, we don't always even recognize when there's darkness in our lives because our eyes are veiled. Show us clearly where your light is. Send your Holy Spirit into our hearts to shed your light abroad that we can see so clearly what your invitation is, the life that you offer us, the goodness that can be ours. And grant that we might leave the paths that are dark and move towards the path that is life and joy and grace. For you are always good and following you is always best. Amen.